0: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to another episode of uh, DVN Review. I don't know why I was going to say Geek Vibes Live. We did that already. In uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this episode... We will be breaking down the all-new episode of The Mandalorian, which I, for this is the first week, I think I've forgotten what the actual name of the episode was. Um, it would help if he would stop calling the the damn things on the uh, episode guides, just chapters.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm pulling up Disney Plus right now, let's look up, let's look it up. <laughs>
1: I'm like, that would legit help me so much, John Favreau, just like, when you go to Disney Plus, um, like it just shows me chapter 13, 14, 15, and I'm like
0: Yeah. It takes a while for the name
1: to pop up for some reason.
2: Oh yeah, where does it pop up? I'm like looking and it literally just says chapter 15. You have
1: to click on the episode to <sighs> see the name of the damn episode. And awesome. it's frustrating. Um but wait, Tia, didn't you just um didn't you just write the the review on it? Isn't it in the uh, the article?
2: I literally just called it chapter fifteen. It's called the believer.
1: The Believer. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, All right. I I was legit looking at your article. I was like, oh no, Uh, John Favreau must have wrote this. It just says chapter 15. (laughs) Um, The Believer. And it was a very, very, very um, great title for what they did with this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to kick it to you, Tia, to to start us off. Um, First, I want to say huge shouts out to Bill Burr um never in my 27 years have I seen someone speak so ill about something and yet come into the fold of it and literally give one of the best performances um it's just it doesn't really happen um so huge shout out to Bill Burr for that but Tia kind of walk us through the beginning of this episode we obviously see we're in um what seems to be their version of uh space prison but they're like doing yard work um and you know we, yeah. we get our reintroduction to bill burr's character from uh last season
2: yeah it was super interesting because first of all i want to say that i didn't watch the mandalorian chapter 15 on friday i didn't get a chance to i watched it on saturday but i saw trending on twitter bill burr so you know of course twitter kind of spoiled it but whatever i didn't think that I would see his character back because the you know the episode season one was good but I just thought that those characters were just for the point of that episode um so it's very interesting you see him obviously doing some sort of work uh labor intensive work because now he's imprisoned and uh we get Kara Dune Cara Dune sorry I don't know why I said Cara Kara Dune uh coming up to get his character and i love how she's just not telling him at all what's going on and he's kind of like i don't know there's just something the way he talks it's so not mandalorian-esque you know everyone everyone in the show is very smooth talking they're so cool and everything and then he comes in he's just like hey what the fuck is going on here but um It's so great and I love when the reaction when he walks around the corner and you see Fennec and then you see Boba Fett who i loved his uh nice new shiny armor he obviously cleaned it up and i love how um mayfell takes a step back for a second and then kind of has like a chuckle of relief and he goes oh i thought she was someone else and then both kind of moves out of the way and there's the mandalorian walking down i just thought it was such a perfect timed scene. Um, So I really enjoyed the beginning of this episode. It just kind of automatically um, hit the ground running. And I mean, I guess you have to do that when your episodes are literally 30 minutes long, but I I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, they, John Favreau does something that um, you don't see too often, which is he seemingly kind of caters a lot of these episodes where these characters pop up to what these individual actors do well. Um, so obviously you get Bill Burr on here, who's not the most physically imposing kind of guy. So what do you do? You just make it humorous. That's what he is. He's a comedian. You, you kind of set the tone to where it fits him, to where you're kind of making him extremely comfortable. Um, and it was just funny listening to him on, um, he was on this podcast and he was kind of saying a friend of his, um, knew John Favreau, and he was like, "Hey, well, like, you know, John's working on like the Star Wars project, and like, he, you know, he would like to talk to you about it." And he's like, "I don't fucking want to do, do no Star Wars." Um, and his wife was like, "Just, just go talk to him." Um, and he was like, once he kind of heard what it was about, he was just like, ah, okay, alright, sure." Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying how he felt just so weird, like watching all these guys on set like freak out about like you know the the, geeking out about uh you know star wars and he's just standing there trying his best not to laugh at them like like i just love bill burr because at the end of the day he's always him like he's not sugarcoating anything he was just kind of like it was so weird standing here trying my best not to make fun of these nerds and it's like you can't call (laughs) you can't say that to these guys so he's like he's just standing there looking down trying his best not to laugh well
2: and that's the thing is that he does like stand stand out in the show i thought he did even in the first season but not necessarily in a bad way it's it's um a unique experience how much he stands out that kind of is a very welcomed aspect of any episode that he's in um and we'll get into it obviously later in the episode but i think what he brought to this episode was very uns like it was very surprising considering he's such a comedian and the level of emotion his character brings. And I think it was just very needed having this character who just stands out so much, who really does feel as if he doesn't belong in this world. But then now I think we feel as if Mayfeld is a part of the Mandalorian world.
1: Right. But I mean, it it goes to what I've always, what what I've told you for a while now too, which is, um, some of the best method actors, and I'm not for anyone listening saying Bill Burr is a method actor, but um, some of your best dramatic actors are comedians. Um, mm-hmm. To do comedy, you have to go to real dark places. Um, so it's just easier to kind of translate that into shows, movies. Now that's not everybody. Uh, but you know, a, a lot of these guys that thrive in it, it's because they're able to kind of take themselves to those places. so. Um, Bill Burr is another one of those guys. I mean, it's like, Joel, I'll go to you. It's like when we heard uh, Kristen Wiig was going to be Cheetah. It was just like, yeah. daddy, you had so many people you could pick. But again, mm-hmm. uh, with Kristen Wiig is the same thing with Robert Pattinson. If you had seen any of her movies outside of obviously um, Bridesmaids, you would know she can act like really well um it was just the idea of like that was just such a weird choice but again another one of those comedic actors that can kind of dive into it when they need to but um we obviously as tia said we obviously hit the shock of him running into uh mando yet again um but kind of walk me through joelle um them going through the plan and and once they get to the planet um and i wanted you to touch on this joelle because i couldn't stop laughing where it's yeah. like all right well clearly we're going to have to disguise ourselves. And it's like, well, I can't go. And it's like, well, I damn sure can't go. And then he looks at Fett and Fett's like, no, nah, I definitely pop up on there. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a double entendre. Like that meant two things to me, but I- I'll let you go into it before I, uh, I give my thoughts.
0: Well, yeah, it was funny because like everybody had an excuse that they couldn't take off their mask. And the one guy that never takes off his mask is like kind of stuck going... And, you know, having to do the dirty work and look, he did it, you know, he didn't mind doing it. Uh, he, he put his foot forward, even though he tried, he literally asked everyone before he he got there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, especially the part with fat was the, is the fact that, you know, his face has been everywhere for, you know, years. He is literally just another clone. I mean, at the end of the day, he's just a clone. He's just an advanced clone that, you know, aged normally as compared to the others that were aged quickly. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, those faces were everywhere for years. So I can't imagine that they're not all over that damn board. Um, and, you, of course, and, and in detail, because the fact that there's so, so many different types of clones, it's all the same face, but they all are very different, you know. Right. And if you watch Clone Wars, you see how different all, all these clones can be. And I think there were certain episodes in Clone Wars that made it that you see how different they were, you know, which I appreciated. Because, you know, when you all look alike, it's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> that is true.
2: You got to find a way to differentiate everyone.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I thought Clone Wars did a good job with that. And what's crazy about that is, Tia, when you watch it, you're never going to believe this. But only one guy voiced all those clones and found a way to not make them all sound exactly alike. Um, Each of them kind of had some some little bit of of twang to them that kind of sounded like a little bit differently than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's just because D, uh, Bradley Baker is a freaking genius Just so you know, Tia, he's also the guy That voices Klaus uh, The goldfish on American Dad
2: um, <laughs> I always find it So interesting when these voice actors Can just transform themselves Like that because I believe The gentleman who was the original Voice of Bugs Bunny Also voiced yeah. pretty much all the other Looney Tunes characters yeah. And so Mel, Blanc. I forgot if it was Mel Blanc or Mel Brooks, and I knew one was the comedian and one was the voice. So I didn't want to like make myself, you know. <laughs> um, well,
1: I mean, even just in the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars universe. Sorry, um, it took me years to understand that Mark Hamill was the voice of Skips on the regular show. Like I'm like, hmm. and then once you kind of like listen to Mark Hamill now, you're kind of like, oh, I, I guess I can, I, I can kind of get that. Um, but these guys transform themselves in amazing ways, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you made a great point, Joelle, and I'm glad you hit on it. That's why I didn't want to step on your toes. I wanted you to go first. Um, <laughs> he was right. He's, he has the face of all the clones that were <laughs> legit, <laughs> the clone troopers, yeah. the clone wars. So it's like mm-hmm. his face could pop up for Rex, for Cody, for five like it could pop up for all of them so the system would probably go insane going who the yeah. heck is this guy so it's exactly like, those are problems we just don't need to have but it also speaks to how badass um mando's team is that it's like no people will know me <laughs> like, <laughs> they'll, they'll see me and, and know who i am um so i thought that was great but um i'll let you go a little bit more Joel. um we get to, uh, obviously, we see him, you know, decide to suck it up, uh, you know, switches yep. out into the trooper's clothing. Yeah. Um, now, what I want you to speak on, Joel, before I go to Tia, is it really, like, this was great, great, great. And uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Rick, who not only directed the episode, but he wrote this episode. Um, <laughs> I want to give props to him because it stood out to me when you see Mando fighting on top of the, the, um, the. The transport. Um, he goes to block a shot, and then realizes he doesn't have Beskar on. That's that you're gonna feel all that, and then mm-hmm. you kind of see him like adjusting to like, all right, well, I'm gonna have to get my hands dirty. Um, but the biggest thing that stood out to me, Joel, and I want you to speak on this is, for years, people didn't know that blasters ran out of bullets and you're trying to see mando kind of unload the clip and go oh damn (laughs) you've never seen that because when you watch stormtroopers in the old movies they're just shooting forever like you don't see someone go all right guys let's reload reload yeah shooting forever so i thought that was a really nice touch
0: that was a nice touch because you don't see it like you said i I love the fact that you know like he was so used to wearing that armor which is almost like unpenetrable that right. when he's wearing normal armor it's like oh my god i can feel pain and it sucks <laughs> <laughs> and the best part about man though is that like even though you can't see his face you can feel all his emotions yeah. <laughs> and, like it's crazy because it's just it's in the way he he moves and acts and i think he, I think he does such a great job whoever is actually doing most of the physical work for him because they do a great job um and those are pretty interesting looking suits because that helmet did look uncomfortable so like mayfield had a quite like good point like how do you see through those things that's (laughs) (laughs) but he kicked all their asses with that shit on so good good on him um he is used to wearing a helmet so you know he does have an advantage there um that was a very cool scene the whole episode was really good um i was surprised how much i actually enjoyed it because i thought it was gonna end up being like that one episode but it actually was really more interesting at least to me um but it was oh it was great you know i really had a good time with it um mayfield actually turned out to be a really interesting character like even like we're not there yet but like you'll see why in, in a little bit but like i thought he was really good uh and of course you know the the that the thing about the mask, which we'll get to as well, but you know, I, I do think it was a, a, all overall good episode.
1: Yeah, no, for for sure. And like you said, he conveys emotions so well. Or like you said, whoever's under the helmet during the uh during that specific part, but you just mm-hmm. kind of saw the fatigue. And when like he kind of got rid of like the first pirates, and then like mm-hmm. he looks up and there's more, and it's like, oh. Like, come on. Yeah, they were, like,
0: not stopping. <laughs> they
1: were not stopping. And what, what stood out to me the most was <clears throat> huge shouts out to Rick again. That one shot of him kind of going back into the passenger side and then going up to the top, of that's all one singular shot following him up, which is yeah, great. Like, that was uh, a nice shot, yeah. I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, who cares? But what's special about that is a lot of times in fight scenes like that, like you lose the character because the angles are just everywhere. Um, it's showing a wide shot. It's showing a shot from like that focus just on Mando as he's coming out of the top of it. It's just a really, really, really good shot. Huge shouts out to Rick for that. Um, but Tia, I want you to kind of walk us through the kind of bro moment that was trying to manifest as they were in the, um the truck. And, you know, we kind of get that moment to where it's like, you know, you know what it kind of reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, The Dark Knight where, where uh, Joker is like, we're not that different. And, and Batman's like, don't you, ever, don't you ever compare us. Like, we're, we're completely different. And it's like, not really. Um, and when you honestly think about what uh, Heath Ledger's Joker was trying to convey, they weren't. At the time, they weren't that different. Um, essentially, he was trying to say, you handle things by violence. I handle things by violence. Uh you just claim that yours is for justice. Um, so it was the idea of like, no, we're we're kind of the same thing. Um, and you know, we kind of got that moment with with Mando. <laughs> he didn't really say much in that scene. No, um not at all. <laughs> it was it was the ultimate ignoring. Um it was It like, really was say it again,
0: I said it really was. He ignored the shit out of him the whole trip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he truly did. But see, it kind of speak to the bro moment he was trying to have um by talking to mando um kind of about the the ideals of the two of them.
2: Well, see, that scene um to me at least felt less like a bro moment and more like a just a real moment, right? Because the things that he was, Mayfeld was saying was just so true, right? He's a lower level guy, right? And he had to fight to survive. And he's saying that you are looking at me because I was part of the Imperial, right? But, you know, I had to fight. You know, the people up top the generals and everything they're the ones that are calling the shots but like I had to do this you know it didn't I wasn't thinking about the good or bad I was thinking about what I could do in order to survive and just because I you know maybe wore a little patch on my armor doesn't mean that I was this person you think I am like I have morals too I do things to make sure that I can sleep properly at night and I feel that I mean, you can say that for a lot of, you know, low level soldiers and different wars across time, you know, they didn't have the choice sometimes to decide to fight. And I thought that that was really a telling moment. I, I loved it. Like it was so emotional to me. Um, and I also loved him bringing up the thing about Mando's armor. Right. Cause he's like, why are you so uncomfortable? He's like, your helmet's on. He was like, so what is it? You can't show your face. You can't take off, you know, your mm-hmm. or hel- armor. He's like, what is it? He was like, you know, you're making up the rules as you go too, just like I am. But you're judging me because you feel somehow that your beliefs are above mine and that you're mightier than I.
1: Well, I mean, uh, Mayfield was essentially <clears throat> uh, conveying to us exactly what Finn did. In um, Force Awakens, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't have a choice, um, right? Like I didn't wake up one day and go, "Man, it'd be really cool to be part of the First Order." Um, I think a lot of people forget, because uh, maybe I won't say forget. I think a lot of people don't know because the, the movies didn't do a good job conveying this. But there was uh, there was a time, maybe about five to ten years after Order sixty six, which was uh, Darth Sidious enacting the clones to turn on the, the Jedi that they stopped making clones. They completely uh, stopped making clones. They shut it down, and they just started going to planets and just recruiting people, uh, willingly or not, to be their stormtroopers. So, a lot of people think like, oh, it's just like, you know, clones that they turn into stormtroopers. No. Not at all. They stopped doing clones completely. It um, just started bringing on regular people, whether you... Well- Whether you came from the background or not, you were going to be a stormtrooper. So it's the idea of, I didn't ask for this. Like, I just do what I got to do to make it each day.
2: Well, I'll give you an example, right, that I was thinking of. Remember in The Defenders, right, when Danny Rand is going after that one kid and Luke Cage is like, He's just a low-level kid, like, from the streets, just trying to, like, make money, and also you have these big, like, crime lords that are moving in and pretty much are like, no, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Um, to me, that's what it felt like, you know? So I think that, combined with what you just pointed out, makes a very... Like, I think it was kind of the morality check, maybe, for someone like Mando, who... Like, I love Mando, but I feel a few times in this season he's tried to act as if he knows best when it's kind of clear that he doesn't. He did it with Bo-Katan with the armor. Um, He tried to do that with Boba Fett with the armor. And then he tried to do it with Mayfeld right now. And each time they're like, you need to kind of understand perception outside your own.
1: Well, Mando does not understand and it's clear. And I said this when we did the Bo-Katan episode. Um, he does not know the history of the Mandalorians outside his specific clan. Um, and that's very obvious with the idea of how he perceived Jedi, um, not even knowing um, <laughs> a good portion of his Mandalorians came together, whether it was to side with um, the dark side or to side with the Jedi to save Mandalore. Um, so, I mean, his the Mandalorians have had to put a lot of their, their beliefs to the side just to survive. I mean, Joelle, you know this watching Rebels. Um, we've seen Bo-Katan stress, I got to do what I got to do for Mandalore to survive. Um, and it's very often she was doing stuff she did not want to do. Um, I mean, essentially she, well, I, I don't want to spoil it for you, Tia, but essentially she's the reason why a huge death in her, in her story arc happened um her her greed, her greed for power, her greed for restoring Mandalore um so the Mandalorians sometimes do allow their pride to kind of oversee what's right or what's wrong yep. um yeah
0: definitely, so, definitely pride
1: right a hundred percent pride well we know pride purely with Pre Previsla that was all pride <laughs> um,
2: so, so that's definitely how I felt with that um moment but I liked it. I really thought it was good because again who would think that someone like bill burr could be laying down the foundation for such a emotional character an emotional scene that we'll see a little later on in the episode um i also mm-hmm. thought it was really interesting i don't know if you were planning on going into it or and i apologize if you're going to go to Joel for this but i felt like it was really interesting for mando to kind of see um say that side of things because when they go into the uh, bunker or whatever all like the stormtroopers kind of like yeah yeah you go guys you guys are awesome woohoo and it's like if you didn't know like what they were you'd be like oh this is a really cool scene you know they're they're uh, cheering on their fellow stormtroopers
1: well <clears throat> what Rick did in this episode was unique um, he gave us the other side of the table, and um, Joel, I mean, you can kind of piggyback off what Tia was saying and go into this, but we got a scene I never thought we'd see in Star Wars history, which was stormtroopers being saviors in the moment, um, where the pirates were about to <clears throat> achieve their their goal of destroying uh, that transport, and out of nowhere, stormtroopers to the rescue for Mando and Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just kind of like this is weird. Like I actually was like, Oh, thank god they're here. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, how the hell did Rick get me to hear on stormtroopers? Um, but you know, that's the other side of the table. But we see um them kind of get bailed out by the stormtroopers and then um making it inside the uh the, the compound. Um, but Joel, the, the biggest thing here is Mayfield walks in and goes, Hey. I see somebody that's that's going to spot me, man. You're going to have to go do it. And you're going to have to take off your, your helmet to do so. Mm. Um, and we see Mando with his helmet on at the machine. Like, I heard him, but I'm going to see if I can <laughs> <think> about it. <laughs> Let's it. Let's try it. <laughs> Let's try it. Let's try it. I ain't no quitter. Um, but walk me through, Joel, your mindset, seeing him come to terms with, I got to do it for the kids i don't want to but i have to do it um and then him ultimately doing what we know made him feel so dirty inside at the moment probably
0: well 100 100
1: because
0: uh yeah well let me uh, to, to speak about uh, one second about the whole um the rescue <laughs> the stormtroopers to the rescue part um it was basically just based on perception. They were just protecting their own, or at least what they thought were their own, you know? So at the end of the day, it was different coming from, because we never see it from that side of things. Um, we definitely want to see Mando not die. So it was them saving Mando uh, by accident, but, but they didn't know. They were just protecting their, their own things, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, and, and look, once they sat down with that general, wherever the fuck it was, he was a total douchebag. So they're, they're dickheads. You know that side is a bunch of dickheads. Um, but yeah, once once you get to the moment where Mando like kind of like has him to take off his mask, so he, he let it scan one time just to see if he can get away with it. Uh, obviously, it's not going to work. They're gonna just going to set off alarms if he doesn't fucking take it off. So I'm like, all right, fine, fine. I'll take it off. And you can see the struggle inside. Uh, and he takes it off finally. Uh, and look, we get to see um, Pedro Pascal again for the first time since the last season, but for a much longer period of time, it seems. Um, and then, of course, the fucking, the, I can't remember what he was, but the, the high-ranking official comes up to him and starts giving him shit. And I love Mayfield sucking it up and saying, look, I got to go in there and, and save it as basically, even though I might get recognized. Um, and he didn't recognize him, really. So that was a good thing on his part. But I uh, love, he looked, he was thinking on his feet. He said he was pretty much deaf. That's why I didn't really respond to you the way he wanted, the, the guy wanted. I thought that was really clever. Um, I love that part. Um, if you notice, like most of the time, like you can tell he's a guy that never takes off his helmet because he kind of moves with his shoulders. Every time he kind of looks at you, but right. that's very much a detailed acting. Um, to like remember that this guy really never takes off his helmet. So his peripheral is all fucked up. He has to literally like turn his head at you. He can't just look through the corner of his eye. He literally looks at you when he talks to you or he's or got to read your lips or whatever. Um, but I thought that whole scene was beautiful. Cause I thought like especially the whole scene with Mayfield giving his um, the background at the table and like saying basically like people died. You didn't give a shit type of that that whole back and forth and that was really strong acting and a really strong strongly written scene. And they, they killed it,
1: yeah. And uh, for a lot of people, like I, I know anytime I talk about specific details of acting or filmmaking, it, it, it a lot of people get bored. But being a fan of it, watching Pedro Pascal, when you watch his mannerisms of how uncomfortable he was, his face looked as if he was frozen in ice. Um, it, yes, it had, it, been, did. it had been the longest anyone, uh, since he had joined the, the Mandalorians, had seen him without his uh his helmet. Um, it was like if he
0: was naked. That's how he made exactly. it seem like he was naked. <laughs>
1: exactly. And I, I was telling someone uh, yesterday that Grogu hasn't even seen his face. And you know this. Remember the, um? it was either the last episode or the episode before, where they were drinking soup. You guys remember that episode? Mm, yes. Okay. So when Mando just lifts up a little bit of his helmet to sip it, you see Grogu kind of like leaning over to kind of yeah. try to like see underneath it. Um, mm-hmm. So as much as he loves the kid, he's never shown Grogu his face either. Um, so it's just the idea of he does not want to do it. And I know, you I- go ahead, Tia.
2: And you felt, like, really bad for him because um, as much as like, everyone throughout the series loves to kind of poke and prod at him to say, oh, just take off the helmet, just take off the helmet, I mean, you could see that this was personally affecting him. Um, and he's a grown man, right? But he's, he still has this, like, uh, I don't know, almost, like, not childlike innocence, but certainly this really just hurt his beliefs and he as joel just said it was like he was naked but i wanted to just uh also add my thoughts on this scene yeah, because I thought, was, I thought it was probably the best scene in the episode one of the best scenes in the season um first of all rick did an amazing job uh directing but oh my god bill Burr's delivery for mayfeld's whole thing like you could see how um increasingly upset he was getting you know, just explain and this again like goes into my whole him explaining to Mando before like you don't know the whole story about things. And him explaining all of the death that he saw. And the guy's name is Valen Hess. Um who, whenever that guy is in anything, it's always like a creepy character. And the like glee that he's getting out of explaining how the, you know, package that they delivered is going to help them kill even more people to the point where it's going to cause such chaos that the people are going to want some sort of order, even if it's essentially a like really harsh dictatorship. You could just see Mayfeld was just, you know, gay. Like, I can't allow that. I can't allow that. I can't allow you to live. Um, And it's crazy to see that his character, um, you know, decided to kind of just shoot in that moment. Like uh, it reminded me of, uh, for some reason, like remember in John Wick 2, when you're like, don't do it, don't do it. And he shoots the guy in the middle of the continental. And you're like, well, you can never unring that bell. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah, Yeah, No, for sure. And I, I know the biggest thing, um, was, oh, Juwan, like, I thought you, you, you know, were against him taking off his, his, his helmet. I am, but let me make very clear why I was, I was upset about, um, before, about him taking off his helmet. Um, my introduction to the Mandalorians were Mandalorians taking off their helmets. Um, so when it was made a big deal that he was not going to, um, I then started looking up like different different creeds of the Mandalorians that believed you do not show your face and I got really excited about the idea of dang how do you get Pedro Pascal to buy into doing this and never showing his face and then when you hear him talk about like how excited he is to do it you're kind of just like oh okay he's he's buying into it um, and then the first time they did it I'm like you could have done that scene and not shown us the robot seeing him, and then just over time it just it stopped bothering me, but I just wanted to make this clear Tia, I will never accept uh, um, Pablo Shriver. <laughs> as master chief i just want to be
2: you say that and then at the end of the first season there's going to be some reason as to why master chief has to take his helmet off and it's going to make sense and it's going to be like you know but that was a beautiful scene that makes sense and we're all going to be like we accept this (laughs)
1: yeah no i'm going to make sure i store a little bit of hate in my brain to remember to hate that does happen.
2: Um, <laughs> you but, know it's gonna happen too
1: <laughs> I, I know it's gonna happen it's gonna happen with master chief it's, it's gonna happen with henry golding as as snake eyes like everything about gonna it happen
0: again with mando it's gonna like, happen know.
1: again with mando so it's just like oh but I'm, a, but I'm okay with
2: this whole mando thing if it's like every once in a while and it's only in situations where it's like
0: right 100%. that makes sense
2: yeah, like not Mando constantly. Okay, so now like you know after this, he's constantly going to be not wearing it. It's like he's gonna wear it. like you saw the like how quickly he yanked that thing back on as soon as, uh, which also was another such a great fucking delivered line where Mayfeld was like, "I never saw your face," like respecting his like not only respecting his decision to take off the helmet but respecting his religion essentially it was just so good (laughs) like oh my god bill burr who knew you were that good of like a serious actor
1: well honestly um i did the pete davidson movie uh i didn't didn't see see that that. so yeah bill burr was great in that uh (laughs) pete davidson was great in that also for everyone that's hating on him being in the suicide squad um anyway um, so, yeah. So, obviously, we see Mayfield decide to... By the way, the actor you were referring to, Tia, he was the Night King um, in Game of Thrones up until the the big battle. He wasn't the Oh, Night King. yeah. He,
2: also, didn't he also play um, that really sleazy character? I mean, they were all sleazy, but... <laughs> in, um, Oh God, the Rob Zombie trilogy—the third one—I think he was the cousin or something. Who I don't know if you guys seen that movie or know what I'm talking about, but um, like Three from Hell or something—I think he was in it, and he was just such a sleaze bag in that too. He's always like some
1: type of sleaze bag. Yeah, <laughs> that's his like brand. <laughs> I- you can't have a face like that unless you're a sleaze
2: bag. I was going to say he's probably like a really nice guy in real life. And he's like, you know, as long as they give me money, I'll continue playing those sleaze bags.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he probably gets scripts and goes, Is there any particular reason, agent, why you keep giving me villain roles? And he's like, I don't know, man. They keep looking at your face and saying like you're a villain. So I don't know what you want me to do.
0: I don't see the good in him.
2: I don't <laughs> like, see. Like... Either either you want to make money, you don't want to make money, and I he's like,
1: fuck, oh, I don't want to make yeah. money.
0: Wow.
1: There, um, but all right. So we obviously. Oh, wait. See a Sorry. Bible. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. No, no. I just realized that's also the same guy that was Joe Chill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. Batman again. Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm like, I know that face. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's It's a familiar face. (laughs) He's been a prominent villain in a lot of what we enjoy.
0: Um, That's very true.
1: um, All right. So we see Mayfield and um, Mando head out, head out of the the facility, trying their best to escape uh, while they're getting some cover fire. We, uh, we obviously see them get picked up by, uh, by Boba on the roof. Um, And huge shots out to Rick. Rick loves callbacks. Um, This was a huge callback to Attack of the Clones where Jango Fett was trying his best to uh, evade um, Obi-Wan Kenobi from capturing him. So he dropped one of those huge sonic bombs trying to get rid of Obi-Wan in the, um, it's called a something field. I can't remember what the field is that he was chasing uh, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan was chasing him in. But I love the visual of that bomb the bomb going silent once it's released and then once it explodes making that huge sound um i loved it i loved it we got to get more of, of boba fett um he does an amazing job like i'm glad john Favreau and dave Filoni uh dug him up uh, from that Sarlacc pit so we can get more of, probably and then more.
0: and they got his new armor all nice and dandy i don't know what yeah. they did but he refurbished the shit out of that
1: <laughs> I, um, I keep saying I really, really, really hope that, um, I mean, I don't know how the armor is going to feel, uh, seeing, uh, another type of Mandalorian. Um, but I would love it if the, the armor is still alive, which, you know, let's assume she is creates a new armor for Boba Fett. Um, he deserves it. He, and I'm not saying the color scheme, or anything needs to change, but give him some, some best guard, give him some, you know, uh, spruce him up like you did Mando. Um, but obviously we, um, we we see them escape. Uh, now the hilarious part that I was just like, all right, now now we got comedian Bill Burr here uh, is obviously when uh, the job's done, they got the location of, of Moth Gideon and Mando's just kind of like, man, it's so weird how, <laughs> how he died back there. And he's like, wait, huh? <laughs> it's like. It's like, wait, are y- are y'all letting me go? And Mando just kind of gives him the head nod, like, go get out of here, man! Like, come on, you're ruining a good moment. Um, and we kind of see him, like, oh, okay, all right, goodbye then. Um, it was it was a great redemption story. Star Wars does redemptions probably better than any other franchise that I've ever known, um, outside of maybe anime. Anime loves a good redemption story. Um, but no, this was Mayfield did an amazing job. I hope to see him at least once a season. Um, I think that's crucial. I think that's definitely crucial. Once a season, give us some more of that character. Um, he, he layers it so much, so much. Um, but the last part I want to get to is obviously um, we see Moff Gideon getting a incoming transmission, uh, which is from Mando himself which is Mando reciting to Moff Gideon exactly what Moff Gideon said to Mando in episode seven, which is weird because this was episode seven of last season, excuse me, when he got, uh, when he cornered uh, Mando uh, in that bar. And he was telling him, you know, I'm going to get that kid pretty much essentially like I'm going to get that kid. Um, so it's funny to see how the tables turn. He finally got the kid. And now the warning is, I'm going to get that kid back. And it's so funny, because the the polars of the both of them saying that means two different things. Because when Mando said, you have no idea how much this kid means to me. Um, he obviously means it differently than what Moff Gideon meant when he said it. Um, so it was great. But Tia, did, did you know the the history between Mando and and Moff Gideon?
2: Well, first I want to say, I always feel like I want to comment on, on like, things that you just said. I I apologize (laughs) about that. (laughs) I just wanted to say that I did love that scene with the Mando and Kara and, you know mayfield like oh god now i gotta go back to the scrap heap and she's i think she was the one who said it at first she was like man it's really a shame that we lost mayfeld on this trip and he's like yeah that really sucks that he died <laughs> and it's like <laughs> i just loved him walking away awkwardly he was like oh, all right um you know you're telling me it's okay i'm gonna freaking leave so i just love that but additionally i love the end of that because i thought that the episode was going to end with the Mayfeld thing and then all of a we see moff gideon who i'm just telling you like he is such an intimidating force it, it's so cool seeing him every time and when mando uh and i just thought like again that's a bold move he just reached out to moff gideon and he was like he means more to me than you will ever know and i was like Oh my God, I can't wait for this last episode. But um, no, Joanne, the response is, I don't know the history between them.
1: Okay, so <clears throat> there were there were three different time periods where the Mandalorians were essentially meant to be wiped out completely. Um, first one was the Great War that they were talking about. The second one was, uh, Joelle, you know this, this season that we got this year of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Um, where Darth Maul essentially was leading on uh, the destruction and the downfall of the Mandalorians. But what people don't know is there was another one (laughs) right around the time where um, Vader was, it was really coming out like, oh, like this guy Vader, he's just terrifying. Um, And the Empire kind of went out and was trying to establish their order. Um, and they were wiping out the Mandalorians and Moff Gideon was like, you remember that, uh, that scene of last season Tia, where it shows Mando as a kid, kind of looking up at, at all. Yeah. The who are kind of in war. Moff Gideon led that, that raid. Um, he was the leader of that specific raid to wipe out the Mandalorians. Um, mm-hmm. So Mando knows exactly who he is. Um, and his hate runs pretty deep already for Moff Gideon. Uh, taking Grogu only like furthers that hate that he has for him. Um, but again, this is, this is um, you know, kind of the exaggeration of the hate the Mandalorians already have for the Empire. But specifically, that core uh, really hates Moff Gideon. Um, so this means a lot. For, for Mando, not just getting Grogu back, this has been a kill he's wanted for a while. Um, but Mando alludes to knowing Moff Gideon last season in Episode Seven, um, where he kind of he heard him and was like, "That's Moff Gideon," um, before they even knew who it was. So he um, the hate runs pretty deep for for the two of those uh, those guys for each other. Yes, but, um, Joel, I'll go to you, man. Uh, that threat. like when you heard that what what were your initial thoughts like all right next week it is all out war
0: uh yeah uh it it stood with me i loved it um i felt it when he said it (laughs) like it's kind of almost emotional you're like he really meant that i I almost cried (laughs) he's gonna kick his ass um Go ahead. I don't even know that I didn't even know that last uh, this week's episode was the last episode until like a couple days ago. I was like, oh my god, it's so depressing <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: after this we're gonna have to wait another freaking year. I'm yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but I will say I will say how we felt last year at the end of the Mandalorian. Time kind of did go by relatively quick to get us to this this new season.
2: Because we were just inside for an entire year. <laughs> to, be fair,
1: to be fair, next year we will have more shows in the course of a year than we've ever had before. Um, like to be fair,
0: this show came back quicker than most shows.
1: A hundred percent. And the fact that they're bringing it back at the end of next year when they could easily have said, oh, no, it'll be out in 2022.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but this year, think about it like this, Tia. We'll be so distracted... <laughs> with the the Falcons and Winter Soldiers the Loki's um, the the Miss uh, the Miss Marvels like all these shows that are coming out next year uh, mm-hmm. The Boys another season of The Boys by the time everything's done we're going to be like oh we're ready to break down the Mandalorian again.
2: Um, no I know it's just like whining but
1: no, no, no. I'm completely with you I have no patience to wait whatsoever. I've always been of the mindset of once you shoot it release it um like each episode you shoot and finish release it as you go it it doesn't even have to be finished
2: um i mean not for nothing that's what they've they were doing with cable tv you think they filmed you know 20 something episode seasons you know and then released it no they were filming every week and then putting it out
1: i will say that drove me crazy about the cw when it would just take random breaks and it's like, oh, I know are you taking the break for and it's like, oh, dude, we didn't finish filming. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, we got a lot more filming to do, so we had to take this uh this winter break. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited for the implications of this going forward. Uh, someone said that Mando's threat to Moff Gideon has now replaced Liam Neeson's taken threat like that threat no more is 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 terrifying it's now mando's threat that like has replaced it now and i'm like i thought about it and i'm like i i went back and watched and watched taking and i'm like I don't get scared anymore when I hear Liam Neeson say that. I got really nervous when Mando said that.
2: Well, it's also the affliction of Mando's voice when he says it, because I think he also kind of mimicked the way Moff Gideon said it. Exactly, yeah, you know, very cold. He, very cold. Yeah. he didn't just say like, oh, he means more to me than you'll ever know. He means more to me than, like, I'm obviously not going to fucking act it because I'm not an actor, <laughs> but you know, just the way he said it was just so good.
1: Yeah, he mm-hmm. made sure that you could feel how serious he was um so i mean i think i asked you guys this before but um i'm really curious obviously we're gonna get the best Scar spear versus the uh the dark saber that's gonna be the big showdown between the two of them um, as long as he doesn't
0: get his head crushed we're good
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's all that matters <laughs> um i'm gonna say this this is what i hope they do um in for the ending of the Mandalorian heading into next season. Uh, Tia, I, I know you're not that familiar with this, but the dark saber to have that means you are the head of Mandalore. Uh, of all the Mandalorians. Not just your specific creed of all the Mandalorians. So it's very important that that specific weapon stays with the Mandalorians. Um, so I'm really curious of could we see after Mando defeats um, Moth Gideon that maybe he takes the Darksaber to, um, to help rebuild Mandalore as their ruler? You know, obviously a little unwilling like he was with Grogu. He didn't originally want to take on Grogu. Um, mm-hmm. But once he kind of got used to it, we see what great job he's, he's done. I would like to see Mando as a leader of, of Mandalore um, you know, obviously have Grogu with them. Uh, maybe few of the friends from this uh, come with them. And we see the divide between the Mandalorians. So we see some of the other heads of the different factions saying, what makes him so special uh, to be the ruler of, of Mandalorian? He's not even Mandalorian born. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, have that yeah. be the big divide of Mandalorian. Exactly. Versus the
0: purebreds. <laughs>
1: right. Exactly. No, exactly. A hundred percent. And we see uh, Boba now living on uh, on Mandalore with Mando. Um, and, you know, it kind of being like an all-out war for Mandalore, but just between the Mandalorians. Um, I would love that. Uh, originally, I wanted... Um, God, I can't believe I forgot his name. Joel, he's blue. Why am I forgetting his name?
0: The bounty hunter?
1: No, uh, no, God, you know I want Cad Bane, but no. Um, No, The guy that's Ezra. Oh, Thrawn. So originally I wanted Thrawn to be the villain for next season, but essentially he will be Ahsoka's villain. I think we can all pretty much assume that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So since that's the case and the Ahsoka show got greenlit, I kind of want to see a war for Mandalore within Mandalore. Um, The Mandalorians fighting over who will be their true leader. Um, so that's kind of where I'm hoping this season goes. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can expect Boba Fett, uh, not Boba Fett. I'm sorry, uh, Bo Katan, to be in this last episode. Um, but if she is, I could probably see her maybe wanting to take the, the Darksaber dark saber back. Um, but ahead of this this season finale, Joel, what are you looking forward to the most, and what's kind of an expectation you have for this finale?
0: I don't really have any or many because it's just so many possibilities. Um, I just want Grogu back. <laughs> so as long as I get Grogu back with, with Mando, I'll be okay. Uh, I, I just want to be surprised. I love having you know surprises come and not seeing stuff come. That's great because it's rare these days. So as long as they surprise me with something I didn't see coming, I'll be very happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, last season, that's what me and you freaked out about. Um when we saw the dark Saber cut out the the hole in the in the tie in the, the tie fighter, it was like yeah, I was walking awesome. <laughs> it's like no yeah. one saw that coming. Um uh, so yeah. surprises in Star Wars are great because we know how hard it is to be surprised in Marvel or DC because so much comes out. Um, Star Wars is maybe the only property I could think of that you don't really have a lot. Coming. I mean, obviously um we'll get into this but what we know about the Kenobi show um kind of takes a little bit out of it but um yeah I mean with the Mandalorian they've done a great job keeping it pretty hush hush um Tia I'll go to you what are some of your expectations for this finale and what are you looking forward to seeing the most
2: um I'm gonna kind of echo Joelle and just say as long as Grogu gets back safely then I'm perfectly fine with that um I just want to see everyone team up, right? I'm super excited for Mando and Boba Fett, Fennec, uh, Cara Dune, freaking, oh my God, Carl Weathers' character. What the hell is his name?
0: Yeah, I don't know. know. I I always forget.
2: I always forget. But, you know, know, Carl Weathers' character, and maybe even throw in a few from, you know, the Mandalorian's whole, you know, catalog of players like just I love the idea of all these people as soon as they hear that Kroku's in trouble that they're like the little green guy yeah no we're going at it like every time in these past few episodes people would be like no I don't feel like helping sorry I can't do that as soon as Mando's like the baby the child is gone and taken they're like oh shit hold my beer like I'm going to fight (laughs) so you know I just love the idea that Um, but I will say that if um if moth gideon is killed off right uh next episode i really want it to be mando who does it alone i don't want it to i mean I, i won't mind but i don't want it to be like someone else does it or even like say a collaborative effort necessarily i want a single battle between the two of them where he kills him or maybe even baby yoda then that would be okay if baby yoda like finally like uses his power and kills him but as long as like they're all right i'm all right i also want to see um oh god i don't know how to pronounce his name but remember juan the guy who plays salim in american gods he pops yeah, up yeah. every once in a while i don't yeah, know yeah. i just like that actor i'd like to see him pop up again next episode because he technically is the yeah, so maybe like he pops up, and maybe he like realizes that maybe he shouldn't do these things, and you know, walk away from it or something. That'd be cool.
1: Well, if we see him, that means we get more about why Moff Gideon needs Grogu, which we mm-hmm. assume is for the cloning process. Which, mm-hmm. if it is for a cloning process, we're assuming it's for the uh, the building of Snoke. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of questions there to be answered. I wasn't really thinking that, but yeah, that is a question I would kind of like to be answered. It was the whole purpose of you wanting Grogu since season one, so it's like, why? Like, tell us why you wanted him. Yeah,
0: two seasons later, we deserve to know why.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, it'd be super... Like, don't have him die, and then someone takes over his place, and they're like, I'm looking for Grogu now, too. Why? Like... (laughs) Why do y'all keep looking for this one child? Um, so yeah, that is an answer. Uh, so yes, Tia, yes, I'm with you, uh, Doctor Kershing, I assume we will see him again. Uh, yeah, it would just be cool. Ago. We yeah. saw a few episodes ago in the um the the uh,
2: little little hologram, which apparently that actor, I, I think his like first name is like Omid or something like that. Again, I I don't want to like mispronounce. I got but it's
1: yeah, well. I-, I can't pronounce it any better. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> But apparently he was like super excited for that part. Like saying that, you know, he always wanted to be a hologram in star Wars when he was a kid. And now his answer, you know, you know his wish was uh, coming true. So I was like, Oh, that's cute.
1: Yeah um no we saw a lot of that we saw in force awakens uh daniel craig just like hey i'll be a stormtrooper i I don't care like
2: dan tom hardy also was a stormtrooper like i think that's so funny when you hear that these big actors who could really if you wanted to you could slap their name like you know first in some big ass role and they're like no 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 i literally just want to be a stormtrooper that would be so awesome
1: yeah uh, specifically, Daniel Craig was the stormtrooper when Rey uh, first learned that she could use the uh, the Force suggestion. Yeah, him. he was the trooper that uh, that she used it on. Um, but yeah, so I mean that that that's our expectations for the Mandalorian, Tia and Joel not really having any. Just <laughs> let Grogu and, and Mando live, and they're good. They're, they're you you,
0: you apologize.
1: <laughs> no, no 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 no. It, it wasn't a shot. I'm just saying. You guys have no expectations going into it, so there is no like they can't let you down unless, like, they murder Grogu. So, Stop, like, don't you even yeah. put that into no. the universe? That's pretty much it, right.
2: you know. Um you know the little scene when mando is like flying and he has grogu in his arms and the grogu's just smiling and kind of looking around that's just me like every episode just <laughs> smiling looking around <laughs> um
1: no but you guys know how i like to slap expectations on things uh unrealistically and then get upset <laughs> when i don't get it um so i that you know i have to maintain that but um no so let's get into it before we uh we wrap this up we got some news from star wars from the Investor's Day, um, we got some green lights on a few projects, both movie and shows. Um, mm-hmm. I will say I was pretty disappointed they didn't tell us anything more about Taika Waititi's project outside of it being a Taika Waititi project. Um, I was really hoping we could get an Assassin's Guild um, with Taika that takes place around or before the Clone Wars because I want Taika Waititi to do Cad Bane so bad um and if we get that oh my eyes will just burst right out of my skull um but the biggest one for me was um I'm drawing a complete blank here so I'm gonna go ahead and pass it Um uh, <laughs> uh Joe I'll start off with you man what were some of the biggest uh confirmations to come out of um The investors day from kathleen kennedy that stood out to you
0: i mean a lot of things stood out to me (laughs) it was a lot of it was a big day overall but like the star wars i think um the fact that we're going to get two like live action shows that take place during the mandalorian like what who the hell are the rangers of the new republic like i really want to know what that made of (laughs) like comprised of what does it mean like there's a lot of things there uh we got confirmation of an Ahsoka live-action, like you said uh, earlier, that she, you know, Thawne will more likely be the villain in that show. Um, and they all take place around Mandalorian time, so they may, those are shows that may be able to cross over with Mando, and I wouldn't be surprised. We have some big crossover with all three shows in the future for, like, one big episode. Or a movie or something, you know? Uh, but by movie, I mean, like, Disney Plus movie. Um, also, like... Like we got some more information on Andor, like I'm curious about that. Um, uh, Obi Wan, of course, my one of my favorite characters um, in Star Wars is you know we've heard for a while he's going to get it on show. We just got Greenwood like last year, and now we're hearing Hayden Christian's coming back as Darth Vader in what capacity? I have no idea, but I'm very curious to see how. Um, because him wearing the whole suit thing doesn't make much sense, um, so I'm assuming maybe flashbacks, or they have some type of like mental battles or some shit. But I don't know how him in the armor doesn't make too much sense to me.
1: There's a um, in the actual Vader comic, it was a nightmare of Vader's to where he kind of um, felt regret for what he what he's done, and kind mm-hmm. of see it manifest itself into Anakin. So it's a okay. legit battle between Anakin and Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, That's cool. and then you have a dream scenario of um, another dream scenario from Vader, where he's fighting Kenobi again, but yeah. not Vader on Mustafar, and this time Vader has the higher ground, and he cuts Obi wan off, and he just stands there as Obi wan burns to death. Um, so if they go that way, I mean, there's just scenarios they can go with it to where it's probably more likely to be a dream scenario, mainly because, and, and if, you know, I'm not one of those sticklers, if they change it, I could care less. It's not a big deal, but, uh, we know specifically Obi-Wan never left that planet. Um, so it's like, we do know Vader has gone to that planet before, um, Mm -hmm. during the time of, of Luke being born. He went there to go. I think he killed Jabba. Um, so he's gone there before, uh, but he's never come in contact with Obi Wan. Killed Jabba. Uh, well, he killed a Hut. I I don't know. Uh-huh. He, killed <laughs> he killed. I thought A-Hutt.
0: Leia killed Jabba. I was um, an
1: but um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I'm saying it's more likely a dream scenario right. Um, right. than than anything else. Unless again they change him leaving the planet, it'd be really cool. If he's like, you know what, Ahsoka, do me a favor. Can you, like, stay here and watch over, like, Luke while I go <laughs> seek out Vader? Like, that'd be pretty dope, um, but very unlikely. Um, but I agree. But, yeah, go ahead. I'll pass it back to you, Joel.
0: No, I, I was agreeing. Like, I think it'll be some type of, like, forced dream battle. or something like in that vein or we've seen before where they have these crazy lucid dreams (laughs) that seem real Uh, so I would not be surprised if it's something like in that vein Um, so that'd be cool Um, what else Um, let me see I mean I'm uh, we heard all this about the Lando series I forgot they're doing a Lando series
1: (laughs) they didn't give any information so I don't know if like I'll only be excited about the Lando show if it's Donald um, if it's not Donald, I don't. I didn't care yeah, about them They maybe.
0: didn't mention anything about Donald, uh, they, but I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it is, and it's possible. Well, like we can't do it with this dude, uh, honestly. I mean, they could, I guess, but it wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> it really depends.
1: I'm just, I'm just saying, I, you know, obviously being really young, watching the the originals, I didn't really care for Lando. My excitement for Lando only came once Donald was Lando. So I'm kind of like. Continue that. If you're not continuing that, I, I don't really care about Lando Carrizzy in that much. Um, right.
0: Smuggler's War. <laughs> so yeah, really I'm like, I,
1: I mean, he was a thief. I mean, How much are you going to do with a thief? I mean, if you want to do something with a thief, I honestly prefer... You remember that smuggler, uh, Joel, that kind of wears goggles? I can't yeah. remember his name. You, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I, I want to show about that guy. Not Lando. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> <laughs> So that's my thoughts with that. But yeah, go
0: ahead. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, we're getting uh, some type of Star Wars visions where they're basically uh, anime like shorts using Star Wars characters. So I'm very curious about that. Um, and of course, we're, we're you're finally getting a live action. Um, like it's called The Acolyte where it takes place during the high. Yes. W-
1: After <laughs> all my chips are, Joel. Yes, talk about it. What's the what's the name of the age? the high high um the High Republic.
0: That's right. So take, I think it takes place toward the end of the High Republic. Yep. Um, and it, like the the rise of the the Sith or some shit like that. So it's like, yeah. so I'm very curious with how that that what what entails that that show and like uh, because the High the High what's called the High, um, high Republic. Republic. That's the new thing they're gonna be showing a lot of. So I'm very. Excited to see more of it because right now it's just in the books that High, High Republic is being used. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: I, I, being friends with you, Joel, made me a very visual person. So, it now, was. like, what excites <laughs> me the most about the Acolyte is the idea of how can you make Sith look different than we've ever seen them before on a live action screen.
0: Yeah, because, and it's usually and, that look cool, <laughs>
1: right? Because it, if you think about it, it's been one per trilogy it was vader it was maul then it was kyla um so they don't have a large track record in their live action of making really anyone look that much differently than everybody else Um, right so it's like all right well in the high republic time there were a lot of sith so i don't want you to dress them all up in uniform have them be somewhat different some wear masks some don't but their masks might be different you know what i'm saying like Really right. dive into the visual of making this really pop, um, because Jedi, somewhat outside of being aliens or whatever, all look the same. They're all in the same crap.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't oh, need
1: my Sith to be in
0: uniform. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, all
1: right.
0: All right. I get it. And like, and I want to learn more about the high, the higher Republic, because like, I, 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 just don't know much. about I mean, it's a new, it's a new era. <laughs> so it's like, it's not a lot. There's not a lot there anyway. Yeah. You know. Aside from the fact that we might see a younger Yoda, which sounds really cool, (laughs) um, but like we're talking Prime Yoda, like he was like, you know, not not like too old or too young, like Grogu. We're talking about Prime. (laughs) He got dreads and shit. Like I don't know. We'll see. Um,
1: (laughs) we're talking the not knowing the difference of how old he is. Prime Yoda,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Old three hundred years difference. Um. Then we got, like you said, the Taika, you know, the, basically just confirmation mm-hmm. that he's doing the movie, that we didn't get anything else. And then, of course, Rogue Squadron. That's going to be a movie uh, directed by Patty Jenkins in 2023, so we'll wait out for that one. Um, and that was really it, Star Wars, and the Bad Batch series, which we already knew about. But I'm very curious um, about that, because I really enjoyed those episodes in Clone Wars. Yeah,
1: I did. And we will be seeing the return of Grogu in the Bad Batch series.
0: Yeah, we may. We may get Grogu, we may get Bo-Katan, so we'll see. Yeah. There's a couple of people showing up in that show.
1: Yep, and I love the concept of how they did the Bad Batch. I Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I
0: enjoyed it, too.
1: It, oof, when I tell you I was fan fangirling like, like a mug. Um, I cannot wait for that series. Um, and then the whole visual of seeing Clone Wars melt away, and then the Bad Batch appear. Oh, God, yeah. oh yeah.
0: That was ugh. good.
1: Um, sorry, Tia. Um, <laughs> what of the announcements are you looking forward to the most coming out of uh, Star Wars? Oh,
0: and the droid story. Sorry, <laughs> oh, go
1: ahead. the droid story.
0: Yeah, sorry. it's, uh, the, it's it. a movie about the droids. It's just T uh, C three PO, R two D two, and like some new droid. That's gonna be a, they're gonna make uh, like a Disney Plus movie about that.
1: Oh yeah, once I saw The Acolyte I'd really honestly shut off mentally <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Tia what are you looking forward to the most out of some of these uh, new announcements for uh, projects that Star Wars has coming up
2: Yeah, so um, whatchamacallit i think i've mentioned a bunch of times how much i loved the rogue one movie so i'm really interested in um seeing the cassian andor series Mm -hmm. i love um how excited diego luna was i thought that was a really nice behind the scenes first look at the show him explaining how sad he was because you know you think to yourself it's just one movie and that's it even though he loved playing it so much and so for them to find a way to bring him back in and have that same sort of feel and uh, all the people who are involved saying that they are not even thinking about this as a show they're doing it just as they did with the movie Rogue One I really like that so um, I mean I don't know even what it's going to be about but because i loved rogue one so much i'm and diego luna is such a fantastic actor i mean if you notice like he's so big now with projects and i think that's really cool so i'm excited for that and go ahead
1: no just to to speak on what you were just saying i think it's just purely more so about the war um yeah it's still heavy in the war um so i would expect I would expect to see some of uh, Senator Bail Organa uh, in, in this. Um, I, I would assume we'd see a lot of those characters we saw in Rogue One. Um, obviously, no one that was part of the the, the final battle. Obviously, uh, I just meant more so uh, some of the leader, uh, some of the leaders, like the lady in the all white dress from Rogue. Yeah. One. I assume we'll see her in some capacity. Um, I, I'm really curious. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I didn't hear anything about Kesu. God, I can't remember that robot's name. Kesu Erso or whatever his name is. Yes. I... Is he going to be in it? Because that was just thought... a
0: robot. Yeah, it was. The last time I checked, he was supposed to be in it.
1: Okay. I just didn't remember hearing anything about it. Uh, yeah. So I wasn't sure. But um, as long as that robot's in it, that's really all I care about.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was that awesome. Was,
1: Maybe. that was the level of sassy i aspire to be um <laughs> so i'm like i want to see more of that but I, i'm sorry see uh, i just wanted to clear up that it would probably be just a war story
2: yeah and, and that's fine to me again i'm just here for the ride right um uh, and I have also mentioned how I actually like the prequels out of uh, the general consensus of people online who dislike the prequels. Um, I actually like them. And I am super happy that Hayden uh, Christensen is returning in whatever capacity he's returning. Um, I like when you mm-hmm. see actors who are really excited to do things right because you know that they're going to put their best foot forward and Hayden Christensen has been quoted in saying how happy he is to be back in the Star Wars world and Ian uh Ewan McGregor is talking about how excited he is to work with Hayden again excited to bring this character back so the fact that like you have these guys and can I say really quick, and I'm not trying to make like a whole debate, but it is really funny how much people shit on the prequels. But meanwhile, people loved like Ian McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi and are like, we can't wait for him to come back and stuff. It's like, can we give a little bit more credit to the prequels? I'm sorry. I think they were fine. But anyway, my whole point is that I'm excited to see him back because I think we were hoping for that sort of news. But. Um, before Rise of uh, Skywalker. So I think, my whole point is we were looking for that news to happen and then it seemed like that window of opportunity wasn't going to happen and so now with them finally saying like hey he is coming back it's like that's exciting i also don't think hayden has acted for a while like i think this is his like first project in a while so he must have been excited to come back for him to kind of come back into the acting world for it so to me the like the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh season and the can't uh Cassian Ander season are definitely the ones that I'm looking forward to the most and of course the Ahsoka um but yeah so those three those three really I'm pumped for
1: um I'm gonna say this I was very disappointed at at the time she, you can ask Joelle to ya. all I cared about when when this moment happened was Ahsoka <laughs> uh, um when you were getting all the voices of uh past Jedi kind of like going through Ray, um like out of all the voices I mean it was like Joelle that's Ahsoka he's like I know there's other people too I'm like Ahsoka
2: um, <laughs> you're but, like I don't give a shit about who else as long as it's like, Ahsoka
1: I don't, I don't care I'm here for it no but um what upset me was I thought it was kind of a little bit of a spit in the face that when Ray kind of looks up and sees Luke and Leia um what, what, come on, put Anakin there. Like, like I know she had no, like, she didn't she don't know him, data. right? But it's like, she that doesn't you, even like, know what
0: he looks like. like
1: yeah, but Joel, <laughs> you know, it's funny, she sure didn't have a goddamn problem using his last name, right. <laughs> like, huh. she didn't have any problem using his last name. So, I'm like, let him pop it.
0: Okay. Well, then why not his father, then, or his father's father. His father's father's father.
1: Well, we know we know Anakin. <laughs> I'm just saying, she didn't mind
0: using the name. Let's go all the way back.
1: Then. We know he doesn't have a father's father's <laughs> father. We um, don't
0: know shit. <laughs> we
1: know, we know uh, he was created by the uh, Midichlorians.
0: Yes, he was a spirit baby, of, right. made of uh, he little bugs.
1: Right, he was. Jesus. Yeah,
0: he was God. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> but we did get some news on on Kenobi. Uh, we possibly could be seeing um, the actor that plays Boba Fett. Returning to play Cody, uh, Commander Cody, in the Obi wan series, which would be Cody. which would be weird but fun. Um, but the biggest thing I'm excited about in the Kenobi series is why is that
0: weird? Huh? I said why is that weird?
1: Well, we just we, we haven't seen um, him as Cody since the uh, uh, Clone Wars, right? right. Um,
0: He's old but, now, yeah. Right.
1: That's <laughs> what I'm saying. just playing an old like playing an old Boba. Is different because we barely got anything from Boba Fett. So it's like, I'm right, waiting for
0: things. old Rex to give me young Cody. God damn it.
1: Well, he <laughs> might be on double duty. He, who knows? Maybe he goes across the street and is old Rex for Ahsoka.
0: It's good um, to be the face of all the
1: clones. You, come back yeah. you get a lot of uh, calls. A lot of work. <laughs> um, and Joel, the funniest thing would be remember around this time, it wasn't just Rex, it was Wolf. Like, picture if they're like, all right, hold on. We need you to be more than just <laughs> like, Um the, the biggest thing that stood out to me in the Kenobi news is when the showrunner said, um, this is a dark time for Jedi. Um, there are Jedi hunters. So I immediately assumed she, she meant Inquisitors. Um, mm-hmm. So I, the idea of seeing Kenobi face off against Inquisitors is yeah. mind-blowing.
0: That'd be yeah. cool, yeah.
1: Because remember, live action wise, we've never seen what Kenobi was doing in this entire time frame uh, between Anakin dying and then uh, Luke growing up and Obi-Wan kind of coming back in uh, into the framework. Right. Um, So that's why I said you have a lot of time to play with to where you can do what you want. So I'm like, Obi-Wan versus Inquisitors would be so dope. So that's where, I, that's where my mind went when she said um, Jedi Hunters. Because I'm like, well, you don't mean troopers. <laughs> so right. I, I assume, especially if this is 10 years after uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, by that time, Vader definitely had Inquisitors. Um, so I'm just really excited for the visual of that. But yeah, Acolyte is why I'm here. Acolyte might be my only my only opportunity for Malgus. So I'm fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed that maybe they decide to put him into that world. Um, but no, Star Wars is doing some really good things, and shame on those people that were suggesting that Star Wars go away for another decade and then come back. Um, there is I think some- they meant.
2: Gun- I think I think what they probably meant was a theater sort of movies, right? It's, and yeah. al- it's- and it's- also and also the Skywalker, as they said, the Skywalker, you know, whole. Thing. We need to, we yeah, need to saga.
1: Never go back to the Skywalker story. Like. That. Well,
2: I I almost feel like that's what they meant because when they said that they were already developing the Mandalorian, so they already were lying right off the bat. So I think maybe that's what they mean. Where now it's like, okay, we have Disney Plus. Let's explore things besides the Skywalker saga. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: you know, George Lucas. Hey, a world exists outside of Anakin.
2: Well, you know, that is a thing that, you know, a lot of people shit on the fact that Disney now has Star Wars and it's not in George Lucas's hands anymore. But, I mean, I think besides a few bad eggs, they're doing a pretty good job with Star Wars. You well,
1: know? Here's my response to those, those fanboys. I view George Lucas the same way I view Zack. We appreciate what you did for us, but your vision oh. was a 100% cloudy. Like Yeah, did you
2: know that George Lucas wanted to kill off Ahsoka? I just read that the other day that apparently Dave Filoni revealed that um George Lucas originally wanted to kill off Ahsoka during Order 66, which is why Dave Filoni was like, let's have it where Ahsoka kind of leaves the order so that she isn't killed by Order 66. I'm going
1: to say this. I'm going to say- say this for all the fanboys out there george lucas wanted to kill star wars's most popular character today the same way Zack snyder was building a justice league with the intent to murder batman so i just want people to remember that when they're like oh they're such great visionaries they were trying to murder some of the most important characters of their respective arts and it's like no no it was time to move on from them um, so I'm glad Star Wars is in the hands that it's in. I keep telling people Kathleen Kennedy's doing an amazing job. If there was any advice I would give Kathleen, it would be for her to handle money, and her to allow Dave Filoni to handle the Feigeism of Star Wars. Um, because she is an amazing businesswoman. She she found a way to to take Solo a Star Wars story, and still generate income in it. That is very difficult to do, knowing all the craziness that happened around it, and it came out the same time as Spider-Man and Deadpool 2. So I'm like, Kathleen Kennedy is not a problem for Star Wars. I just wish she would stop reminding us that she doesn't know anything about this world. (laughs) Like, Kathleen, that's not what we want to hear from someone who's in your position. Just don't say it. Like, we get it. We heard you the first time um but i am glad star wars is at where it's at um i can't wait to see what the larger future of star wars is and hopefully by july of next year we can figure out what the hell taika's movie is um because when they came out and was like oh yeah taika's gonna be doing a movie everyone was at home like yeah duh we heard that like months ago (laughs) (laughs) that what news was that like we were waiting for you to tell us what it was um so hopefully you get some more news on that but My biggest thing for Star Wars is your money maker is lightsabers. Find a way to incorporate a way to do more of that. Um, And you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine.
2: I mean, we'll probably see a lot of lightsabers in the Obi-Wan and Ahsoka uh, series. So,
1: there you go. I'm saying, that's... that's Whenever you're ready to do your next showcase of movies, Mm -hmm. find a way to make sure that we get more than a little bit. And if you can can you give us jedi that have been jedi for a long time i'm <laughs> really tired of this oh i just became a jedi yesterday and you're watching me kind of learn through it no I'm, I'm okay with people that are just you know well trained um but all right that's all i got you guys got anything else you want to add
2: um oh i had a funny thought right because we always talk about how, like, they get these beautiful men to play these characters that wear helmets, and they always find a way to make sure the helmet is not on, like Robert Downey Jr., Pedro Pascal, you know, Pablo Schreiber, it's gonna happen with Halo. So, the fact that you bring Hayden Christensen back in, like, you know, he's a good looking guy. It's I, they're gonna find a way to make sure that you see his face and he's not. Always in the Darth Vader.
0: I mean, yeah. you have to because you couldn't tell it's him otherwise.
2: Exactly. Oh. You know, if otherwise I mean, course, it'd be
0: like, oh, it's it's what's a the point.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> His face is completely burned. So it's like, you still wouldn't really get the whole gist of it being him. Um, yeah. so obviously- I mean,
0: you could still do a version of it where it's him instead of the other guy that was in the mask. Right. Um, but they, could, uh, they could, like,
2: <laughs> They could Billy Russo it from like Punisher season two.
0: It's all burnt and shit. <laughs> yeah, some no, scars. No, no some thank scars. you, Tia. I, I would
1: actually like them to, you know, stick to what we call comic accuracy, just a little bit.
0: But I'm just
2: saying, like, they'll probably do flashbacks and stuff of, because again, you're bringing Hayden Christensen, and I'm I'm sure they're gonna show his face.
1: Well, right. to me, flashbacks are are crucial because the biggest yeah. thing I think we're forgetting is how much this has haunted Obi-Wan um he essentially failed which by the way Joel we never talk about this but (laughs) there's not many great Jedi that have not failed their Padawan um like that seems to be a reoccurring thing to where it's just like I failed (laughs) all masters suck yeah all masters are really bad Um and they do and that's why Ahsoka was like no no I'm good I don't need a Padawan to fail I'm 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 okay I'm okay I'm good yeah (laughs) Um, by myself um but yeah I mean I would say Joel maybe the only one I think we could say that we've seen live action or cartoon that's not failed uh seemingly so far is Kanan um he trained Ezra to the best of his abilities and you know yeah end up to it.
0: Um, yeah, as so far as we know, that is okay, but I and mean, we don't know where we got to see how Ezra's doing. But yeah,
1: right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So to me, I, I kind of look at it and I kind of go, um, yeah, Tia. T- we'll get a lot of flashbacks because, um, this is probably still haunting Obi Wan that he failed Anakin. So I mean, I could see a lot of shots of them, you know, him reminiscing them as friends, him having nightmares of Mustafar. Um, I, I could see a lot. I definitely could, but. Biggest thing, they said we could see a Vader throne. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Ooh. We got a tease of it in Rogue One. Uh, we saw his castle, but we never got to really see his throne. We saw his shower, uh, but we didn't really get to see his, uh, his, um, his throne. So I'm like, I kind of want to see that. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited for this. And yeah. Um, Pablo Schiaver, where you're, where you're uh,
2: Um It ain't gonna happen. <laughs>
1: so pandemic to you, so he's supposed to wear his mask. <laughs>
2: that's a good one. That's a good one.
1: <laughs> but again, that's all I got. I'm really excited for this finale of The Mandalorian. Um, Joel, what's the earliest Star Wars project we're supposed to be getting? Isn't it The Bad Batch?
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure. Nothing really has a date. <laughs> I think
1: the Bad Batch is the only thing that's that's done.
0: We got a trailer. for it. That's all the only thing that has a trailer,
1: right? But I, I, think it's like completely. I think they're. I would assume yeah. they're done with. They're it.
0: ready to release, probably. Right. Yeah, I'm not. That's a, true because everything else was basically a sizzle reel or path right. poster. <laughs> so
1: hopefully, well, hopefully, why I think Disney's probably thinking, "Hey, I, I spoiled y'all with Marvel coming out next year. I can space Star Wars out a bit," um, which is true. Word. Which is true. Spoiled with Marvel. But um, I'm really excited. Can't wait for the finale this week and to review it with you guys. But make sure you guys check out. Me and Tia will be doing a flight attendant uh, finale review where we review this, uh, this, com- this coming week along with, with last week's. Um, me and Joel will do our next podcast some point this week. Um, I'm not really in a rush to review this game that just ended. So we'll, we'll figure out <laughs> hopefully one- after a win yeah hopefully after a win we can we can get in an episode but um, mm-hmm. stay tuned guys um oh also stay tuned uh tia kelly's reviewing um the servant season two uh this upcoming week i believe um, yes mm-hmm. so she'll have a review by i believe the first or second week of january so stay tuned for that i've never seen it so i'm waiting to hear what she says for me to Dive into it. Looks really weird. Whenever a baby looks like that, I, you guys know I, I don't do that. I don't, not, I don't play games. I didn't like Chucky. The Rugrats scared me after you know a certain points, so I don't like, yeah. like that. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not a fan of stuff like that. Like how people fear clowns, I fear babies. So yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for everything that we got coming, you guys. Is it is a lot. In um, So next time, guys, may the force be with you
2: (laughs) and also with you.